Patriots fans, the 2021 NFL season is in the books, and your New England Patriots have to start building for the future. 2022 is right around the corner. What is priority one for the Patriots as they attempt to build their offense and defense for the upcoming season? Joining me here today on the pod to discuss that very subject and more is the Countess of Class herself. Talking Patriots offensive and defensive priorities for 2022, I'm Mike DeBate of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Patriot Maven, and you are about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. for making Locked On Patriots your first listen every day. Remember that Locked On Patriots is free and available on all platforms. And don't forget, folks, next week, Tuesday, February 22nd, the launch of YouTube here on Locked On Patriots. Pod goes visual. My apologies in advance, folks, but it does go visual. And no, all kidding aside, the same great content that you know and love each and every week coming at you on YouTube as well as wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, the great regular guests that we have here on Locked On Patriots, they're not going anywhere, folks. The Count of Murphy Fisto himself still owns the day of Monday. Our resident voice of reason, Steve Balistrieri, will still be our guest here on Tuesday. And bringing a level of class to the show that just isn't there any other day of the week is my guest today. You know her great work as being a phenomenal columnist for PatsPropaganda.com as well as FullPressCoverage.com Patriots, which on that platform, she also hosts her very own podcast, A Clear Perspective, a Patriots podcast. Folks, I say it each and every week. It gets more true each and every week. This is a must listen for any Patriots fan. If you have not smashed the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts, Please be sure, after, of course, you smash the subscribe button for Locked On Patriots to a clear perspective of Patriots podcast. Uh, really, folks, I tell you from the bottom of my heart, it is an entertaining listen. It's fun. Claire does a great job with some of the, uh, the guests that she gets, but the insight that she provides is right there with it. And believe me when I tell you, you will not be disappointed. Definitely listen to each and every episode. They just keep getting better and better every time she hits the microphone. That being said, she is our guest here today on Locked On Patriots, and we couldn't be happier for that. She is the empress of tight endage, the queen of TE, the baroness of blockers, the principal of positivity, the countess of class herself, and the new lady of Locked On here on Wednesdays from West Midlands in the UK, Claire Classy Claire Cooper joins me today. Claire, thank you for joining me today from across the pond. No, thank you, as always, for having me. It's so much fun to come on here on a Wednesday. Just, yeah, it's just great. Highlight of the week for me. <laughs> you just like hearing all your names, be honest with you. you I know. How, really, how uh... long is that list? It's amazing. How long is that list? Yeah, I just sit here, just listening. <laughs> You know, really, I mean, everybody always accuses me of I shouldn't say accuse me. I'm always praised for uh, the level of uh, reverence <laughs> that I show to my guests coming on. Most people tell me I'm one of the best introducers in the business. And uh, I take that very uh, pridefully because <laughs> it's not put on. It really is. Uh, it's all from the heart. Uh, but it also I like to think I also give my guests a little chance to kind of, you know, 
get ready for the uh, for the you know the the day and get ready for the pod. Uh, once the hit, the record button is hit, they got an opportunity to organize <laughs> their thoughts one last time while I'm going through my long introductions. But uh, again, this is from the heart, and I really do appreciate you being here on Locked On Patriots and uh, being our lady of Locked On every single Wednesday. Uh, it's a lot of fun to join you here on the mic and to talk football with you. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about, Claire. We always do. Uh, Patriots, even though it's the offseason, it's the offseason for every team. We're now dealing with the aftermath from Super Bowl 56. And that is in the rearview mirror. All 32 teams now are on to 2022. And Murph joined me here uh, yesterday on the pod, and we talked a little bit about the transition that the Patriots now are making in the coaching ranks. Josh McDaniels taking his talents to Las Vegas. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Josh uh, put a full-page ad in the Boston Globe thanking Patriots fans. Very classy, very heartfelt message. For anyone that had any ill will toward Josh McDaniels for doing what he did or leaving, uh, this was a really classy message mentioning uh, Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick all as the three goats. Uh, I don't think that's something that anyone would argue uh, he really is doing things the right way this time. But that being said, there also is a little twinge that Patriots fans are feeling for Josh right now because he's doing some coaching poaching out there in Las Vegas, taking some of the offensive members of the Patriots coaching staff and adding them to the Raiders spot. One area, though, Claire, where the Patriots may have some continuity, believe it or not, is on the defensive side of the ball. And I know People are going to be listening to this screaming at their device saying, how can you say this continuity? They didn't have a play caller <laughs> last year. Steve Belichick is terrible. Uh, they don't have any direction. They don't. Uh, we understand the, the feelings of the fan base. And uh, far be it for me to argue with the fans in, in that regard. But I will say this. The New England Patriots are taking a lot of these coaches. They're bringing them back. Gerard Mayo sticking around with this uh, defense, with this team is something that I think is a, a very big plus for the New England Patriots this year. But we've talked a lot about coaching, Claire. Uh, the, the biggest task that the Patriots have in their immediate future right now is trying to build a roster. And that starts with free agency, which is set to begin in just under a month. On March 14th, that legal tampering period begins in the NFL. And you're going to start to see the Patriots pursue some free agents. And then, of course, the draft being at the end of April. We'll start on the defensive side of the ball because that's essentially what I was just rambling about. Um, when you look at this Patriots defense and you look at the job that they did this year, they were very good against the pass, so-so against the run, uh, struggled down the stretch to, I think, get enough speed and enough athleticism after the quarterback to really be as effective as they were in the middle part of the season. Claire, what is your take on the Patriots' biggest need this offseason on the defensive side of the ball, what do they need most of all to get back to where everyone believes they should be and maybe where the Patriots believe they should be themselves? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, quite significantly there, Mike. The speed, mm -hmm. the, the defense itself was was severely lacking in speed. I mean, perhaps the defense, as, as you mentioned, is the most significant area of need for the Patriots as a whole. And there's two reasons, really. Sure, there's plenty of guys due to leave on free agency, as you mentioned, but it feels that many kind of maybe even need replacing. Maybe if they don't even lose those individuals to free agency, um, 
that they still need something there. They need that speed putting in. It seems to have gotten slow. And I mean, it's not the strength it's always been. But when I say always, I mean, the Patriots defence has been kind of well known for its strength and stability under Bill Belichick because at the you know at the heart of him he's a defense coordinator initially um I mean it it's been a formidable force and this season it has just seemed when I say this season obviously the season that we have just finished with they just concluded it's just seemed old and slow and I mean that with the most respect possible because I understand that saying the world old for a guy who's 29 30 or 31 is 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 tragic we shouldn't be but the you know it, it's the most easiest way to describe that that's how it looked because of the just the lack of the speed I mean even now additions like Matt Judon who played phenomenal in the earlier part of the season he just seemed to run out of steam now I'm not saying he is old or slow at all but he just epitomizes like the the, the performance that the defense had it was so strong and then it just seemed to sort of taper off. I mean, the cornerback situation has been in flux, really. I mean, first it was, you know, before the season even started and it was all the Gilmore stuff. It was about keeping Gilmore and we didn't know if they, you know, if he was back to his full force. You know, there's there's no way they're going to let him go, that kind of thing. And at the point people weren't sure about JC Jackson either so it was significant to say that you know they should bring back Stefan Gilmore but Bill did a bill thing and he didn't want to pay and I mean that's fair enough I don't know if we've seen very much significantly of Stefan this this season and you know how his recovery back was from injury and that kind of thing so I know that um, I understand from reports read that they wanted to see him at full force before they wanted to pay and then you know he just wanted to be paid and things like that I know there's lots of ifs buts and candy nuts on that one so I'm you know I'm not going to really rehash it but it, it since the beginning of that 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 position itself in, in regards to cornerback has been in flux and there was the concerns about JC Jackson when when Gilmore went okay that's fine fair enough they've got rid is JC up to the task because he's got to be CB1 now and I mean he had a good season but it's got this sense of like deja vu, obviously not kind of like coming off injury, but now it's a case of should the Patriots pay him again? We, we've got another kind of number one, inverted commas, cornerback, proved to have quite a good season. So he's, you know, he's going off, he's hitting off on free agency. Should they franchise tag him? Should they keep him? Are they going to, you know, he's, is he going to want big money? The Patriots haven't really got big money this time because of all the expenditure and last year and the the cap space and, and all the, the lovely mathematical things that Miguel likes to go into that really aren't my, you know, <laughs> I'm not here for the math, but folks. So, <laughs> but I mean, it just feels like that position has just been so up in the air for so many kind of seasons now. And I mean, not only cornerback, but there's linebacker. I mean, this is another sort of has been in flux for a while. They stuck a Band-Aid on it last year kind of fix. They brought back Van Noy and he was it was a good call to bring him back. And, you know, and Jamie Collins. But there wasn't, you know, I don't think Collins necessarily did a whole fat lot. I know I think he's only on a one year deal, but. And they brought back old Patriots that kind of knew the system. And, and that was a good idea. But they're bringing back older 
and you're looking and the spotlight is on this position that needs to get younger that needs to get quicker and there's the whole thing about how linebackers are kind of physically I know that there's a lot of talk about how Bill Belichick likes kind of say likes sort of prefers the sort of the, the bigger kind of linebacker and that just in itself brings you know ahead sort of maybe slower guys you know the kind of airing on the side of they haven't got the speed because they've got the strength kind of thing and and you really need that combination now of strength and speed and I think yeah. it's it's going to be subjective to the individual because I don't think that you can purely look at size because I know a lot of people talk about weight and I think that there are plenty of, of of players that have got weight on them they're bigger or taller whatever but they've still got the speed and that's that's the key that they need to look at and I, I don't think you need to kind of worry at how heavy the linebacker is you need to worry more about how much the linebacker can move how fast he can move and I think that sort of is, is something that is a little bit off the beaten track of what Bill's used to sort of dealing with and you know it needs evolving a little bit in all fairness I mean we've got six linebackers due to hit free agency mm-hmm. with Hightower, King, Bentley, Collins and Hall there is Harvey Lange too but I think I believe I may be incorrect so I, I don't have all my Harvey, Harvey did, he, he re-upped earlier he's, yeah he's, he's under contract for one more he's year. under contract yeah that's yeah. what I got down I, I was pretty sure about that and and I I put out all the the list of all the linebackers that they've got going and I mean looking at it Bentley's 25 so he kind of skews the norm of what I'm talking about but you've got like Jamie Collins of 32, Dante Hightower 31, Brandon King 28 and Therese Hall 25 so again you know it's a bit of a mix but then you look at who they've got kind of those are all free agents by the way they're the ones that are going mm-hmm. off on free agency sorry it's my right. tangent and then you've got the ones we've got linebackers that are actually currently presently on the Patriots roster under injury or injury reserve. And those bodies are new, young bodies. Now, I know that youth does not necessarily mean speed. You know, we all know this. But when you look at it, you've got Jennings, McMillan, Perkins and McGrone. Now, they all range from 21 to 26, but they're all coming back on injury reserve. And this concerns me. It looks like the Patriots have got this reserve of linebackers, different, obviously, inside, outside, in all fairness. I know I'm just clumping them together and I appreciate that. But it looks like they've got this reserve of kind of youngerish talent, but it's also how they come back from injury that's the concern. Now, if you've got Uche, 23, and you've got the Jennings, McMillan, Perkins and McGrath all come back from injury, all completely fine, you know, tip top shape. The only other linebacker you've got there that's kind of in the old column, as I hate to say in inverted commas, is Carl Van Noy. I understand that he's, I didn't realise he was still under contract. Now, he's he's the veteran presence, the, you know, that they've got to, that's necessary, because I think that that's necessary in all these kind of situations is to keep some of the stability in the team. And the only way you can do that is to maintain some of the veteran presence. And so you're going to bump the average age up. And I appreciate that. What the Patriots know that we obviously don't is how all these guys that I've listed, these younger guys, are well equipped to be what the linebacker core needs to be next year. And we don't know that. I don't know how much they know that because of the whole coming back of injury. So it's 
it's a tricky situation to look at. We know that the the cornerback situation, you can sort of see that. We know that it's kind of JC Jackson and that's really it sort of thing. So kind of what's going to happen. And with, But with the linebackers, there's all these names that are around and it's just the uncertainty of so many of them in regards to whether they're going to go in the, in the name of like Hightower and stuff. And whether they can come back to any kind of peak performance in the range of kind of like Jennings and Perkins and stuff like that. So it's there's a lot of I don't say stuff to worry about because that's a stupid thing to say, really, because it's not kind of up to us to worry. But there's a lot there. There's a lot of names, you know, in the hat, in all fairness, when it comes to linebackers. But it's definitely something that needs addressing. It definitely needs looking at and shaking up now. It might be that Bill's already done that, looked at it, shook it up. And that's who these guys are, these younger guys, these these newer names. And that was his way of shaking up the linebacker core. And the only way you're going to be able to see that is time will tell. So, you know, patience, which, you know, is always a virtue, that kind of thing. So I think it's the defence definitely needs investing in. But I just don't know if it needs investing in as hard as we think it does from just like the face of the appearance. We know that they've got, as you mentioned, coaching. I know we're not going to delve into significant with coaching, but the one sort of thing to look at in regards to the defence is, although there's things to be concerned within the coaching staff, you know, the the not naming of a defensive coordinator and all that kind of thing. As long as they know what they're doing, that's all I'm bothered about, in all fairness. You don't have to name a defensive coordinator if they all know what's going on. As long as they know their job, to me, that's the thing that's most important. But I know everybody feels very differently about it. And we've still got a lot of the defence staff that was there before. So you've, you've still got that stability, that um, familiarity, that kind of thing. So I think that it's just a case of tweaking a few things in regards to cornerback. What are they going to do? Are they going to look at that in the draft sort of thing? Are they going to look at that in free agency? Are they going to be able to drop the money that JC wants to, to, to keep him in New England and things like this? Or I know that there's the franchise tag that they can go down. So if they sort of figure that one out, I'm not really sure if the linebacker situation is as sort of tetuous as as, we, as it appears on paper sort of thing. It might not be. Like I said, we've, there's a lot of names in that hat there that, that could turn out to be great. And so it could it could solve its own problem. We could see the the solution could already be in New England. We just don't really realise it because we haven't seen them because they've all been off on injury. But with, with with regards to the defence, it definitely needs some tightening up. They definitely pull together I and mean, they definitely need speed. Whatever they do, however they do it, whatever they choose, it just needs to get, they just need that speed that just needs to get quicker. And I just, that is the, the sort of the most significant key in regards to the defence there, I believe. Yeah, and I agree with you on the speed. Uh, they really, really do. I mean, to take a page from Top Gun, they, you know, they feel the need for speed. There's no question about it. <laughs> the Patriots did. They looked a step too slow at times, especially down the stretch. And as much as I love guys like Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, they're not the same players that they used to be. And uh, Jamie That's Collins, you can put him yeah. in, uh, you know, with that level as well. So yeah. these guys can still be effective players. And by the way, I actually think that, you know, if, 
if Hightower decides that he's willing to give it another go, I don't see him wearing another uniform. I think he would be welcomed back here in New England because of the prowess and because of the knowledge he has of the system. That's important to Bill Belichick, and it's important to this defensive coaching staff to have guys out there that can play that role. And you saw Gerard Mayo do it so much when he was here playing for the New England Patriots. Now in a coaching role, he understands truly how vital that role happens to be in terms of play calling and in terms of being a, a director out there on the field. Now, you mentioned the coaching staff, and I'm glad that you did, because the one thing that the Patriots did lack on the defensive side of the ball was continuity when it came to a play caller. We hear a lot that on certain days, Steve Belichick was calling the plays, and then on certain days, Gerard Mayo was calling the plays. And players felt a little confused down the stretch as to what they should be doing, who they should be listening to. They knew that on a given day, if this guy had the command, that's who they have to go to. But continuity and repetition is so important on the defensive side of the ball, especially when you're looking at the front seven. Uh, to me, it's just it's one of those things that needs to be addressed somehow. If you're going to give the keys to the command to Steve Belichick or Gerard Mayo or whoever it happens to be, maybe Bill Belichick himself. This is a decision I think that has to be made. And these guys have to have some sort of continuity out there. So I would say speed is need one. 1A is continuity, and that includes the coaching staff as well. And I'm glad that you mentioned the cornerback position because, to me, that is another area that the Patriots have to address. J.C. Jackson, that's an independent – I'm considering that an independent issue because you're talking about whether or not you're going to invest in J.C. as your number one corner for, for years to come if you decide to sign him to an extension. Players don't like that franchise tag, Claire. Uh, we hear it an awful lot. Uh, fans often use that and say, okay, well, that's just a cure-all, and that's exactly how it's going to work. It doesn't quite work like that because of the player preference, but our man Miguel is the best in the business at laying out the scenario and how that could happen, and Miguel is going to be joining me here on the airwaves shortly uh, um, on Locked On Patriots to discuss all of this in depth, especially what the deal may look like for J.C. Jackson if the Patriots do that. But if they decide to move in a different direction, then that becomes a real position of need for the Pats, because not only are you letting go of your top guy at the position, you're also giving way to a position right now that doesn't have a whole lot of depth beyond Jalen Mills at the starting position. Joan Williams has not proven he's ready for prime time, in my opinion. Sean Wade is still developing. Uh, really a redshirt season for him. A lot of injuries and really didn't see the field all that much. So when you look at guys that may be able to take that step, Jonathan Jones will be back in the slot, but how effective is he going to be after his surgery, after his injury? Um, you know, they're all different ways to look at this position right now. Patriots definitely have their work cut out for them. There's no question about it. And uh, to me, that is, is one of the biggest needs, but uh, uh, we are in agreement as the Patriots top need. And that is the need for speed when it comes to the linebacking <laughs> and the front seven position. I don't want to just put this on the linebackers because the front seven was often out of position as well. Christian Barmore down the stretch was injured. He didn't have that same push to the pocket because of that. It allowed offensive linemen to be able to block, to be able to keep him contained and neutralize Matt Judon. One of the reasons why Judon was so effective during that seven game win streak for the Patriots is because Barmore was taking on the double team. When you take on the double team like that, it frees up a defender to be able to get after the quarterback and rush the passer. Judon had that. He was one of the quickest and one of the best at being able to do it, got after the quarterback and showed tremendous prowess. When all of a sudden 
Barmore wasn't commanding that attention anymore, that attention is going to be focused on Judon and it slowed him down a bit. And I don't think you can blame Matt for that. That's simply just the way football works. And I think he tried his best to weather through it. But at the same time, when you're facing more defenders and you're facing more fearsome defenders, it's going to make you doing your job that much more difficult. So speed and athleticism on the front seven is exactly what the Patriots need on defense. But if they're going to hope to win, they're going to put points on the board. Something that the Patriots struggled a little bit with during 2021. Overall, a better offensive year last year than in 2020, but there's still a ways to go. What is priority one for the Patriots offense? I will discuss that with the Countess of Class herself, Miss Claire Classy Claire Cooper, when this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, it is the new year, so you know what that means. That's right, New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure that you include Built Bar into your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Folks, I can tell you from personal experience, they've replaced all the candy in my household. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your New Year's resolutions because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, Built Bar makes it enjoyable to eat healthy. Here's an idea for the new year. Since this is the new year and it's time for out with the old, in with the new, go to all those secret treat stashes you've got laying around from the holidays, either at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream. Mint brownie, so many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use the promo code, and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Patriots fans, there might be less football that's being played right now, but BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Patriots fans, the Countess of Class herself. Too many names for me to mention here on Locked On Patriots within the time that we have allotted. Now, you know what the hell with that? I'm going to mention them anyway. The queen of TE, the baroness of blockers, the principal of positivity, the lady of locked on, the countess of class herself, Miss Claire Classy Claire Cooper joins me here on the pod. And Claire, it's always an honor to join you here on a Wednesday talking football. We talked a lot about the Patriots defense in the opening segment, but if we're being honest, you know, points on the board is what the fans want to see. They want that offense they want to see touchdowns i'm not knocking the fans for that everybody wants to see them it's how you win the game (laughs) Uh, i don't think that should be something that uh, they're uh, berated for i think that's something that they should want to see but 
the New England Patriots have always done that in a little bit of a different fashion than the fans may have liked to have seen it. It's been a long time since the Patriots have had that true bona fide number one, take the top off the defense wide receiver. You know, the fans are not happy about it, but in the span that we're talking about, the Patriots have had pretty decent success. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But the Patriots may have to fix it whether they want to or not, because Josh McDaniels, the architect of some of those offenses, is now in Las Vegas. He takes a number of offensive coaches with him, including Mick Lombardi with the wide receivers, Bo Hardegree with the quarterbacks. Um, he's got, uh, um, you know, there's just Carmen Brasillo now with the, uh, the offensive line. There's a lot now that the Patriots will have to replace. The O-line had some injuries. There's no question about it. Overall, I think they had a pretty good season. Uh, I thought they were a little bit better in 2020. I thought there was more continuity. But at the same time, I think the Patriots personnel was much better in 2021. It's just they had some difficulty in terms of guys being in flux early on. But once they figured it out, that offensive line played as well as any unit in the league. Wide receivers are going to constantly continue to be maligned because they're not putting up the gaudy numbers that everybody wants to see them put up. Um, tight endage, that's your area of your area of expertise, Claire. Um, and the Patriots are just fine in that department, folks. Hunter Henry had a tremendous season. He'll continue to do that. I think Jonu is on the verge of you know, making those strides and steps that he needs to to fit into the Patriots offense a little bit better. I think they're fine in that regard. And the running backs. I think the Patriots running backs right now, they have as good a one-two punch and a one-two combination as anybody in the league right now with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. So now that we've taken a look at the Patriots offense in a capsule, and we haven't even mentioned Mac Jones in the quarterback position, we're in agreement that the Patriots do need to do more in order to be able to move forward in 2022. Claire, you're the GM of the New England Patriots. Where do you start? in terms of trying to upgrade this offense? What's priority one to uh, move the Patriots offense to that next level in 2022? Oh, well, my, my answer is obvious. Priority one, I am GM. I'm going out and getting myself Pat Framuth from the Steelers now. When he <laughs> <laughs> I had to get my- You know, there was a part of me that was hoping that you were gonna say that. It really, really was. And you did, you did not <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, um, in regards to the offense, I do, I have to sort of semi disagree with you. And when it comes to initially, the first thing on my list, not as in the first thing as in most important, but one of something that I think is a sneaky thing is actually running backs. And I don't mean the running back as in, as you said, Damien Harris from Andre Stevenson, really good, solid players. And, and I actually think JJ Taylor might have something, but mm, that, that's uncertain now. But I think that the one thing that is a, a slight cause for concern in that room is the fact that James White and Brandon Bolden could both good go. Point. Now, I know that a lot of that is more significant kind of to special teams and things like this. And I appreciate that. And then a lot of people are sitting there saying, yeah, but they're old. They should go. And this, that and the other. We want youth. We want speed and things like this. And I appreciate all of that. The thing that James White and Brandon Bolden do bring to the offense as a whole, do bring to the team, is the veteran presence that behind the scenes stability and also the reliability they're those guys that they go to in a pinch now it hasn't always been successful I know that Brandon Bolden really did step up this year but there was some times that he was kind of used as a bit of a binky and it was a bit unsuccessful and I appreciate that you know that can't happen you need a very free flow you know offense that kind of thing 
But I think to lose both of them is going to hit the team hard in ways that maybe are a little bit less obvious than just the basic running game as we see it. So that was my sneaky kind of, not concern, that's too, you know, too strong of a word, but my sneaky sort of issue with that, with the offence, is that that section of the running back court. Now, there's an argument for the offence like on coaching, and I know that you talked about that, and we're not really going to go into coaching staff, but I did kind of, it is still for me a point of concern on the offence, is losing McDaniels was of course seriously significant, and then the reduction in the supporting staff, like Lombardi and that kind of thing. For me, the, the sort of worry in regard to the staff isn't just like the mass exodus of the fact that they're leaving and this, that and the other. It's what's around Mac Jones in his second year. Now, as a Patriots fan, I just, you know, he is my quarterback. You know, he's my quarterback for the future, that kind of thing. That's, I, that is how I see him. I am a big Mac Jones fan and I have been, you know, since we drafted him. But it's the the, the worry of how it will affect his development going forward now if he's a really good NFL player and we've been told or I've heard that the the sort of the playbook and things like this should all be the same coaches won't come into the Patriots offense expecting to bring their own flair because it's what the Patriots have is already there and and that's how it's kind of working so these coaches should expect to come in to do their job well but to do the job the way that Bill Belichick sort of sees it that kind of thing because it's a successful you know procedure process you know um, situation to walk into so that in itself is is a big concern for me is just that who they put around Matt Jones knows the system or is happy to work with the system doesn't try and you know move outside of the box when Mac Jones needs the stability of what he's learning what he's already learned that kind of thing so I the worry is you ruin your quarterback in his second year and you know you know you ruin your the your future as a franchise that kind of thing so mm-hmm. That's why, to me, the coaching still had to have, although I know we're not really going into it, still had to have a mention because it is still sort of in that way significant. With the offensive line, I think it's important to increase the the strength there. Now, Trent Brown and Ted Karras were integral pieces, and I think it's difficult if if they lose them both. Now, I know Trent Brown was only on um, a year contract anyway, and I know that he had injury issues and things like this but when he was absent you sort of saw it now if he's not going to be maintained retained sorry if he's not going to be retained for another year and I can understand why they wouldn't because you had him for a year and he had injury problems and stuff like this and again you you, you're aging your your team in regards to that so they might want new fresh blood and that's fair enough. I just hope they're able to replace him with someone that can bring that sort of that same sort of strength to the position. Now, Karis, I feel he bought extra stability to the O-line itself. Now, I know just like alone, he wasn't the you know the biggest superstar there sort of thing. But I, I just felt like as soon as they had him in, it just really seemed to interlock more. I mean... I'm not sure which position specifically on the O-line that you could say is the most important because I, I know they move on when you were around. So it is, it's a case of where are they going to 
keep him where they're going to use him the most where is his biggest strength and and if that leaves a hole elsewhere it's difficult to literally sort of choose which one is is going to be vacant in all fairness because you don't actually sort of know what they want to do with him in in that regard maintaining stability within the line itself I think is just the priority and I don't think it sort of matters as in specific positions it's just that stability that they had that they got to maintain because you've seen how weakened they could be this season and it was a a grave concern when you've got a rookie quarterback and I mean okay he's not a rookie now because he's going into his second year but it's still a grave concern I mean to hop back to the Super Bowl I know it's like in the rearview mirror and all this but Joe Burrow I mean to me he deserves some kind of accolades just for putting up with hitting the floor so many times that dude was sacked so much this season I think it was I think he was sacked 55 times in the regular season my numbers might be wrong because I don't have them in front of me but you don't you don't you don't want that as a quarterback full stop rookie whatever regardless you just don't want that and I think that that's they need to make sure that they they don't develop into anything of, of that sort of nature so at the moment it's a tie between staff and the offensive line for me for what area is the most significant of need hopefully as the months and weeks move on we'll perhaps find out more so what is happening with the coaching room maybe see a few more moves I know that they've brought Joe Judge in but there's there's still not sort of that distinction between who's calling plays who the offensive coordinator is that kind of heck they haven't even got the distinction on defense and they've got loads of people so we may never really know but as long as they know as I said that that's the most important thing so I think over time that's going to sort of iron itself out and it will get to the stage where we can not be too worried about it um Bill knows what he's doing that sort of thing so kind of once that's happened (laughs) for me just to say what the offense needs is going to be o-line stability maintaining that o-line stability bringing guys back if that needs be plugging a few new guys in and that's fine it's as long as you get that line working and clicking together and staying strong and protecting the quarterback that kind of thing then that's what's going to be key and I think that's definitely what they need to make sure that they're looking at going into kind of free agency draft that sort of thing we're in complete agreement today. I think in a lot of ways, a lot of people are going to be on board <laughs> with our assessment, but I think you're right on the money. My priority one is maintaining stability on the offensive line, because to me, that's exactly what Mac Jones is going to need. He's going to have a new offensive coordinator, whether that means someone with the official title or whether that means that type of committee role that we're hearing a lot about how the Patriots might attack this and they might go at it having Joe Judge play a major role in that having someone like a Matt Patricia play a major role in that and I know that makes a lot of our fan base cringe right now but these are things that are being discussed um Tom Curran someone you and I know very well uh went on uh Gresham Keep yesterday on WEEI and said that Billy O'Brien is not necessarily a dead issue the New England Patriots and uh uh, you know they continue to be rumored Uh, to have interest, and he continues to be rumored to have interest there. There's not a lot of fire coming from the smoke, though, anywhere from Foxborough. It's not coming from the team. So this is all periphery-type outskirt uh, information rather than inside information, but that is still very much out there, and it is possible that Billy O'Brien may end up coming back. And if that's the case, you're going to give Mac Jones that type of a tutor that he'll need to take that next step. But 
ultimately Mac has to make the plays on the field, regardless of who's working with him. It may even be Belichick himself that takes a more active interest in trying to develop Mac Jones as a quarterback this year. But mm-hmm. he has to make those plays on the field. And in order to do that, he has to remain upright and he has to get the time to be able to make the reads he needs. When Mac struggled this year, he struggled because blitzes came from the second and third level of the opposing defenses. That means the linebackers, that means the secondary and the safeties. When they're throwing that type of pressure at Mac Jones, he had trouble picking it up. Some of that was on Mac, and he has to work through that. But some of it was on difficulties and miscommunications along the offensive line, riding, you know, lining up, uh, you know, the wrong way, riding the wrong way on a certain or leaning the wrong way on a certain break. These are the types of things that the Patriots need to shore up. And when they have a little more continuity on the line, it's only going to help them do that, whether it be Michael Wayne or whether it be, uh, you know, Shaq Mason or Trent Brown, if they do decide to bring him back. We're hearing mixed mm-hmm. things from Foxborough that there is significant mutual interest both in Brown and uh, on the Patriots side. On the left side of the ball, is Isaiah Wynn still the guy that you want? Do you look to cut your losses after picking up a pretty hefty option and say, you know what? This is not working out. We may have to go in a different mm-hmm. direction and we have to we may have to seek a trade. Um, that offensive line may have a different look next year. And if it does, Mac needs the continuity and he needs the stability to be able to stay upright. So to me, that's priority one. That's a much bigger priority to me than going out and getting the big time wide out that everybody's looking for. I think the Patriots, the way they operate in this offense, are much better off going after someone that can operate and be effective both in the slot first and on the outside when you absolutely need it. That's where this offense is at its best. This is not a take the top of the defense off offense. It just never has been under the New England Patriots, save for the time where you had a guy like Randy Moss out there. When you bring in, if you can bring in a Randy Moss-like player, then you tailor make the offense to to. Uh, you know, work within his strengths, but I don't see the Patriots pulling that type of move this year. I just don't. I think it's significant that the Patriots have actually got some players on offense. They've got, you know, good tight ends. They've got, they've got Mm -hmm. good wide receivers. I think they've got enough quality there, although they haven't got this in adversity commas wide receiver one, I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, they haven't got that, but I think they've got enough on offense that if if the offensive line can keep Max safe, can give him the time, you know, he can he can develop through his reads, that kind of thing. It, it's the talent that's on the other end of the ball is less of significant if he's not getting the ball out. If he hasn't got an O line to to you know to protect him so he can get the ball out, it doesn't matter who he's throwing it to because he can't get it out there in the first place. So I think they need to look at as you said, the front seven first before we start worrying about, oh, well, we haven't got a wide receiver. It just feels like that's not really the biggest need because they've got some quality players on offense. If they can just get that motion, get that stability, give Mac that bit of time. I think you'll see from the offense that they do have that we have some quality players that, you know, are really up there that can really produce. It's just getting everything settled, everything clicked together from the motion of defending Matt to getting the ball out, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that works hand in hand with the other point that you made, which I thought was an amazingly great point, was a third down running back. And that's exactly what the Patriots right now on this roster technically 
do lack. I mean, yes, I know Brandon Bolden, James White are a part of this team, but they're both headed for free agency. James White coming off of a very significant injury. You don't know what type of condition he's going to be in or if he's going to want to put his body through the rigors of coming back for one more year. Retirement uh, rumors surrounded him last offseason before he signed uh, with the Patriots in return. So there are a lot of different ways that could go. Bolden is someone I would love to see back because he is that Swiss Army knife that just can do it all in terms of special teams, being an effective runner, and then catching the ball out of the backfield. But there's no guarantee that Brandon is going to come back. He may go out on the open market and decide that he can make a lot more elsewhere than he could here in New England. And it's happened in the past. You know, the Patriots cut him loose. He went down to Miami, had a good season, ended up back here. But there's no guarantee Brandon ends up coming back either. So what do you do if you're the New England Patriots? Do you look to someone in the draft? There are several running backs out there that are capable of receiving out of the backfield. The way the college game is built, there are a good amount of those guys in the draft this year. Not a whole lot of top elite talent at that position, but a lot of guys that can effectively do the role. So We'll be scouting that most, uh, uh, you know, definitely here on Locked On Patriots. But, Claire, I thought that was an excellent, excellent point. And I think something that Patriots fans do need to keep a sharp eye on. If I'm the New England Patriots right now, I'm in complete agreement with Claire. Priority one on the field. (laughs) Keep Mac Jones protected by a stout offensive line. Two, you got to address the third down running back position because, to me, that's one of the most vital pieces of the Patriots' offensive skill in terms of scoring offense. That is what makes this offense go. And even if a guy like Bill O'Brien comes back here, or even if they do end up going with Joe Judge being the main voice on offense, or even if it's Bill Belichick, this is their modus operandi. This is how they do what they do. And it opens up play action for the short passing game. That, to me, is how you build a strong offense for the New England Patriots in 2022. Claire, what can I say? It's been a blast. These times always fly by on Wednesdays. We love having you on. Uh, The insight, the wit, the wisdom, the giggle, the accent, we love it all. But uh, the insight that you provided today on Patriots, uh, you know, priorities, whether it be on offense or whether it be on defense heading into the offseason, in my opinion, spot on. And I say spot on, folks, because she agreed with me. No, I'm only kidding. I'm just joking. No, all kidding aside, I am the one agreeing with her. I am the one agreeing with her expert analysis. Uh, and I'm, uh, you know, happy to say that uh, that I was, um, you know, like-minded uh, to some very good ideas. That honor is mine, not hers this time. Uh, Claire, again, uh, you know, we love having you on here every single Wednesday. You are the lady of lockdown, but you're so much more involved with, Patriots media than just our appearance here on Locked On Patriots. We want our listeners to have a well-rounded background and they should be paying attention to everything and anything and everything that you do in the world of sports media. Please let our listeners know where they can find you, your great work, and what we can look forward to in the coming days and weeks from the great pen and the great voice of Claire, Classy Claire Cooper. Of course. Well, you can find me at patspropaganda.com. That's where my writing normally is. Um, last season, the season we've just finished, I was a game recapper. So hopefully that will be what's coming next season. But keep your eyes peeled for kind of off-season content, that kind of thing from myself and Tom. So that's patspropaganda.com. I am the third voice, as you like to say, of One Patriot's Place with Steve Balistrieri and Thomas Murphy. And we are here for you each and every week, courtesy of E2G Sports. And we have now gone live. So 
you can see our lovely faces as well if you really really want to so you can get to that once once a week you can get us and of course full press coverage where I started so that's where you'll find some of my articles but most importantly that's where you'll find my podcast Eclair Perspective and last week's episode is still available most places you download your podcast with the lovely Andy Hart of WEI and look out for next week my episode should drop sometime mid next week where I will also be celebrating my one year anniversary of a Claire perspective so I hope that you will keep your eyes and ears ears peeled for that too absolutely and Claire just reminded me of something I had lost sight on it is going to be a year that she has been hosting her great podcast I know I talk a lot about it folks please I, I encourage you to check it out and I say that sincerely Claire's listen uh, the listen that she provides I should say is tremendous from start to finish uh, her episode with andy is up there right now uh, andy is one of the more well-respected journalists in our business and uh, they really do uh, put out a great listen so definitely check that out continue to check out all of the great work that claire does for patspropaganda.com fullpresscoverage.com and definitely check her out here each and every wednesday next week Locked on Patriots goes visual, Claire. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, we'll we'll find a way to uh, to do my hair, the, uh, put my makeup on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll find a way. Well, I'm not going to go that far, but uh, we'll, uh, I'll at least look uh, uh, somewhat presentable or as presentable as I possibly can. Uh, I do warn you, folks. You may have to avert your eyes. Uh, this will be a, a difficult, uh, you know, thing for us all. But we'll get through it, and uh, I'll find some way to make it aesthetically uh, pleasing. Uh, I, I have my ways of doing so. In any case, uh, Claire, no, thank you uh, for coming on today, for joining me here on Lockdown Patriots. We look forward to next week, but in the meantime, please stay safe, stay well. And once again, we appreciate all of the wisdom and counsel you lend, as only you can lend it, right here on the Lockdown Patriots podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And I guess I'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs> Absolutely. Next Wednesday. <laughs> Just like that, Patriots fans, we are more than halfway through your work week, but fear not because we're still just scratching the surface when it comes to your Patriots coverage for this week and beyond. A lot of draft coverage to come. Free agency, you name it, we're covering it here on Locked On Patriots. So, to ensure that you do not miss a single second of the action, download, subscribe to, and follow the Locked On Patriots podcast on platforms such as Spotify, the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure that you are staying locked into Locked On Patriots. And don't forget, Pats fans, smash that subscribe button to the new Locked On Patriots YouTube channel. Officially launching, going visual, next week, Locked On Patriots will be available on YouTube. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank my good friend Claire, Kalazi Claire Cooper, for her time, her insight, and her appearance on today's pod. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until tomorrow, Pats Nation, stay safe, stay well, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.